subtle results. Still you, but with fewer lines. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulties swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eden syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Connecting to the big show. In three, two, one. The attack on all your senses from minute one. It was incredible. Don't just hand over this life. Educate yourself. I would welcome anything that would help to protect the children further. You know? The same spiel we get from them. Very little respect. Can we just talk? Call 0818 969696. 96 96 96. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the opinion line with PJ Coogan on Cork's 96FM. Morning, it's very foggy out there. It really is. It's lifting a bit, but, but not as fast as we'd like it to. So just be careful out there if you're driving this morning. Keep fog lights on, and when the fog is lifted, turn them fog lights off. Speaking of traffic, there was ructions yesterday. I mean ructions at the Magic Roundabout uh, to let Charles and Camilla through the roundabout and to get on their trip and their tour. They, they touched down at Cork Airport uh, around 3 o'clock, and then all of the traffic got blocked off of the Magic Roundabout so that they could get through it. And it caused traffic jams and ructions and people were steaming in the cars. Didn't go down well at all. Uh, it was part of a security detail for them and it it just happened like that. But I know people were not at all, not at all happy. Something else people are not happy about, I'm hearing. A census day is next weekend. It's uh, Sunday the 3rd of April. And people are getting their forms coming through the door but I've been hearing and Fergal's been hearing and Fiona's been hearing stories about some of the questions that the person who comes to the door like the enumerator they're asking strange questions now we've been hearing that people are being asked about holiday homes and asked is there someone really living in, in that house next door? It's empty and I can't find anyone. Is there anyone living there kind of thing? Also, we've heard stories that they're only coming 
between nine and five, which I know from pre. I didn't meet our enumerator this time. It was the Queen Bee who opened the door to the enumerator. And by the way, Queen Bee was asked how many men will be on the house in the house on the night of the census, which is another odd question. Maybe it's one they're entitled. I don't know. But certainly they're asking some strange questions or seem to be asking some strange questions. Calling me nine to five, that, that doesn't suit people who, who, who go to work. Mm. Has you had any odd question from your census enumerator? Has any of them asked you about a holiday home? Has any of them asked you about the house two doors down? Is there anybody living in it? That's, 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 um, it's open to you. 0818 96 96 96. Now we have a lot to do on the show today. It's Purple Day, which is to raise awareness for epilepsy. And um, we're talking about talking to Jamie, who himself and his dad believed that only for dad not doing something he would normally do, they wouldn't be here. That's in a while. That house fire in Carrig Line a couple of nights ago. But first this morning, we want to pay tribute to a departed friend. Um, this man, the news broke during the show yesterday that we had lost a radio friend. I am the man. The man is Zeke Buyaka. Jamming all these on 96 FM. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the club, baby. You had some uh, good vibes. All right, Harper's White Band and uh, Casey and the Sunshine Band. Whoa, London Beat and Billy Ocean. Whoa, Stevie Wonder is coming in later, baby. And Detroit Spinners, they're here warming up, man. And Rolls Royce, they're here. And Charlie Meyer is here. So you got a good vibes coming, baby. Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo. Lord of Mercy, 21-31. 31 after 9, baby. Mm-hmm. One love to you, each and every one, wherever you are, whoever you are, welcome to the party. 96 and 103 FM, Jamming Oldies, I am, I am the man, you're Jamming Oldie. Mm-hmm, he's Zeke, that's me. The Cork's home for Jamming Oldies. Jamming Oldies with the man of Zeke. Of 96 FM. Yeah, he was a character, he was the first black radio presenter in the Republic of Ireland uh, when he got a gig actually here in Cork in the 80s on South Coast Radio. He also uh, worked on ERI here in Cork uh, and then he was with us in 96 FM through the 90s and he worked on Simon uh, in the afternoons. Uh, Simon worked with him in iRadio up the country uh, but Ezek was just an absolute legend. Uh, he passed away, we think he was around 80 like when he was here, he was older than most of us. So, all of us, in fact. But we think he was about 80, and he passed away peacefully in the last couple of days. This was, this was him. This was his, his catchphrase. Uh, and he had the whole, as, as, as R.L. Maurice said yesterday, he had the whole of Cork going around. I am the man. The man is Zeke Buyaka! Buyaka! <laughs> and we'll hear a bit more from his Jammin' Oldies show during the morning, uh, we've been raiding the archives. 0818-969696. Jamie, sorry to hear what happened. Describe for me what Thank did you. happen. Um, so, I don't know, like, out of nowhere I was walking up. Um, there was bangs and, you know, there was smoke and stuff. And I didn't really understand what was going on because I was in a dead sleep, you know. Um, I take a bit of medication just to help me sleep. Uh, just through mental health issues and stuff. 
and there's smoke is filled up in the top flat. So we live in a flat, and about then there's a bottom flat. Then, yeah. Um. So we, uh, my dad got us outside, but then we realized the dog was still up there. So he, I, we ran up and got the dog and phone, whatever. Then we went outside, and then we just seen big, massive flames coming out of the bottom flat uh, kitchen window. The fire brigade said that we were lucky that uh, the old flats that were built like back in like the 50s and 60s and stuff that they were built out of. Um, Brick layer, is it? Yeah, um, yeah. Like the ceilings and stuff and the floors are all brick layer and wooden beams and stuff. And they said that uh, if the bricks, if it was the newer versions of the houses that were built today, that we would have been gone. Like. Crikey. Where, where, sorry, where, whereabouts is your flat? In Cargling. The uh, fire brigade and the coats, or the fire brigade and the guard, put it down to an electrical fault. Um so they think something just happened because there was a loud pop and bang and stuff, you know, and like, sure. and then when when we were in Oasis, you know what I mean? It was just like it was the flame was crazy, like it was, you know, it was something that I've never seen. Like <laughs> when you eventually did get back in, like how much da- mm. how much damage is done to your stuff and your place? Well, the the, the weird thing is that the brick lay, like the bottom flat's gone, like you know, the whole flat, the whole bottom part of the flat's all burnt out, like it's all gone. Um, our top flat, flat is like the floors are ready to cave in the walls are all black everything's black um, uh, you know like all our clothes are gone you know what I mean like I've thrown all my clothes and stuff uh, laptop gone um, the like the floor that it was in the sitting room and the bedroom and stuff if like all the brick layers cracked and stuff on it yeah. so obviously it's not safe like so you can't live there um like I was born and crying, like you know what I mean, and I'm no shame in saying it, like, but like you know that that house, that house, my dad's baby, like you know, like my my dad had his own issues, and I moved in with him four years ago, just tried to help him out and stuff, you know, yeah. and um, whatever happened, like you know, that was my dad's baby, like my dad was kind of homeless for a bit, and he got house housing, and yeah. he was waiting years, like you know, I know. Yeah, when me and my mom split up, and then um, he got a house, and he was happy as Larry, you know what I mean, he was picking. Picking crap, as you say, like, you know? Yeah. And then um, I moved in with him then about four years ago, and, you know, we were just like two little peas in a pod, like two little best friends. Like, you know, I was cooking him dinner, he was cooking me dinner, I was going to college, and he was enjoying my company more than he ever did, like, you know? And it's just just the two of you, is it? Yeah, it was just two of us, like... I take it that you'll be able to get the place repaired and, and be Yeah, able to- so, like, thanks, honestly, like... You know, I'm doing, I'm studying new work in college myself in UCC. And you know what I mean? I've studied about housing and I've then, you know, you see what goes on in news with the homeless crisis and stuff, you know. And like, I I kind of do a lot of work within the Cargillan community myself. You know what I mean? I was coaching soccer and working with young people. And, you know, I run a skate school and stuff, teaching kids. And, you know, so I kind of known in the community for kind of mm. good things, you know. So like, thank God my good camera parked around the corner, like, you know, I was on to TDs, Ben Dalton, Seamus McGrath and stuff this morning and, you know, lads out of the council and stuff and they got us accommodation in the Clayton for a week and oh, wow. they're hoping that we can get in somewhere then by um, next week or maybe started the week after and right. stuff, you know. That's good, that's good. I lived in Carrig Line myself for 10 years. There's no better small town to pull around its own people. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, do you know what? And like... You know, me, myself, I'm not going to blab around too long, like, but, like, I'm in recovery. I'm clean nearly six and a half years. Good for you, good for you. You know, I was, I was known around Cagline for wrong reasons, and then it became the right reasons and stuff, you know, and, you like, I kind of built myself around, and just, I just wanted to help people and stuff, and, 
you know, like I haven't been well now the last couple of months myself, and yeah. then this happens. But you know, like the neighbors and stuff that had, like, oh, thank God everybody that was there is okay. You know, the bomb flat, the people got out, their neighbors, they got out, the uh, stuff like that, you know, and I wish them well and stuff, you know, but for something like this to happen, like, I don't really think it's hit me because, like, I'm a very chill person anyway. Yeah. You know, like, I, I don't really kind of get kind of angry or, you know, and that yeah. type of stuff. I just kind of, like, chill with stuff. So I think it'll hit me, like, maybe when I wake up in the hotel and be like, okay, you know, um, yeah. the house is gone. Well, ha- ha- I'm kind of homeless. Yeah. Have you got support for yourself and your dad? Playing? Yeah, you know, like, to be honest, like, I got offers of staying in my girlfriend's house and stuff like that, but I don't want to leave my dad, you know. Yeah. He's, uh, I, I love him the bits, and he's a very stubborn man, so, you know, he's like, go on, go ahead, and I'm like, no, you know, like, he just lost something that he's always treasured to have, like, you know what I mean? So I kind of, I want to stay with him while I can, like, you know what I mean? You know? Yeah, and how is he today? Oh, he's shook. He's, I can't really explain how he is, you know what I mean? Because he's very, he's a very quiet man, but like, you know, I can just see it, you know, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. You know, I, I just know that there's something not there, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And like the alarms, like we only got the alarms done going back last year and stuff, you know what I mean? And like, I really do want to say, even though a lot of the time the council and stuff, you know, and TDs kind of get a bad name for what they've done today. You know, they have a good name in my books, you know what I mean? Sure. Um, you know, we've never really had a problem with them. Um, so, like, you know, I, I, I do want to thank them and I want to you know, thank I, everyone that helped us. That's stuff, very you know important I mean? because people are on this program day in, day out, talking about counsellors this and TDs that. A hundred percent, you know, and, 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 like, you know, there's only so much that people can do, like, you know yeah. what I mean? But in your case, when you needed them, they were there. And that's the thing, and that's why I was saying about my good karma, you know. Like, I truly believe if you do good in the world, the good is going to come back. And, like, you know, after living a life where I had to look over my shoulder uh, 24-7, going to where I didn't have to, and I was trying to do good for people and I was trying to do good for myself, you know, there's only so much that I can look forward to, you know, and, and, and then know, know that, you know, I needed help and I needed people to surround me and stuff, you know, it has happened and it has worked, like, you know what I mean? So I do believe in that, you know. Do you need anything else? Um, honestly, like, I, I, I don't really like asking for help or asking for anything like that. You know, like, I, know. I work, um, my, my bosses are very good to me. Good you know, man. my friends and family are very good to me. You know, as I said, I believe I'm a good enough person to not really, you know, for people not to hate me. So in the sense of, like, everything that I need, I, I kind of don't really want anything. Okay. You know, because I can go buy a toothbrush, I can go buy... Oh, that stuff myself, you know what I mean? I just want my dad to be okay, you know? You've got a bit of work, you've got a bit of money, you just want to go and look after your dad. Well, 100%. Well, you do that, but if there is any any way that we can help you, you just pick up the phone, all right? That's perfect. Thank you very much, bud. Jamie, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Thank you. Bye-bye. He's a lovely fella. He really is a lovely dad. We were chatting. That's last evening. Jamie O'Leary, they had a nasty experience. House fire, as you heard in in Carrig line, but they got out okay and he just wants to mind his dad um, he doesn't need anything he's like I've got a job I've got some money I'm doing okay um, but he just wants to stay with his dad it's just, just lovely lovely thought 0818 96 96 96 just on the census and the questions people are being asked at the door we're just hearing stuff do you know Kevin says our fella came last week around 8 o'clock he did ask how many men would be in the house I thought that was odd 
but it just said two of us and, and moved on. I was asked how many men and women would be in the house on April 3rd. They called when no one was here. They put a card in the door and it's text back to give them a time that we'd be at home. Yeah, we were hearing stories about, uh, you know, some people being asked about holiday homes and things like that. Um, just strange questions. If, if anyone has asked you a strange question when they came with your census form, do let us know at 0818 96 96 96 or 083 396 96 96. Right, we've another pair of tickets to give away for David Gray today. Right, a little bit harder. There were no words in that one. All right, what is that? It's the David Gray one second song. We borrowed the idea from Lorraine for the week. Right, this is one second of David Gray. What's that song? If you want to win two tickets to see him at Musgrave Park on the 18th of June, with thanks to our friends at MCD. Tell me what the song is and your name, 083 396 9696. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With the Cork City Marathon. Take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team. Register at CorkCityMarathon.ie. Cork loves the arts. We do too. That's why we bring you the Arts House. Every Sunday on Cork's 96FM. Hi, it's Elmery. Join me on Sunday morning when we take a look at what's happening in the arts in Cork and help you plan some great nights out at the theatre or see the latest films on release, catch a brilliant music gig or find the perfect book to get stuck into. The Arts House. Sunday mornings, 8 to 10. With Griffin's Potatoes. Straight from our soil to your table. Griffin's Potatoes are simply nutritious and delicious. Courts 96FM. Tomorrow, by the way, is a big Friday for us here on the Opinion Line and right across the day on Corks 96FM because we have a mega Mother's Day giveaway with our friends at Douglas Court Shopping Centre. A 200 euro gift card on every show. Casey and Ross will have one in the morning. I'll have one here on the Opinion Line. Simon have one in the afternoon. And Lorraine has one on the big drive home here on Corks 96FM. All day tomorrow, €200 Euro per show. Be spoiled for choice for Mother's Day gifts at Douglas Court Shopping Centre. All the info you need at douglascourt.ie. So stay around for that one. Tomorrow, treat your mammy for Mother's Day on Sunday the 27th of March. Did you read that story? I laughed. I really did laugh. Kylie Jenner. Now, I have about as much time for any of that crowd as... Well, you know, don't you, from listening to me. But <laughs> she called her son Wolf, of all things. I, I know, I know, like, why would you? But she did call her son Wolf. But now they've decided, well, maybe that's not a good idea. So she made an announcement, as you do. I'm sure you do. As she, she said, our son's name is not Wolf anymore. We just didn't really feel like it was him. We just wanted to share because I keep seeing Wolf everywhere. She didn't reveal what the name they'd chosen instead, so we'll wait for the update, which no doubt will come, Fiona, through social media. I wonder will she call him Sean or Michael? (laughs) (laughs) Or PJ. (laughs) Yeah, don't wish that on the child, whatever. (laughs) But I I think it probably sparked conversations in in every office and home. home. Mm. You were saying to me that, um, was it, what did Gordon want to call Charlie? He wanted to call Charlie Rusty. That was among a lot of names. And I think, you know... It's a dog's name. uh, Yeah, well, that's why I kind of said no to it. But... uh, no, it's like there are people called Rusty, and it could be a really nice name. But for us, um, it would have been um, not the best name for poor Charlie because he has 
got rust coloured hair so rusty oh wouldn't have been a great name but you know it's actually really really difficult to come up with a name and I was speaking to a friend of mine yesterday and she doesn't have kids and she was saying that she's got all these names planned but when you have a partner and you sit down to talk about these things they may not like your, your choice of name mm. and you know there's a big responsibility on parents when they're naming their child and you know if I had decided to call Charlie Wolf Wolf Corcoran <laughs> walking oh, around court, wouldn't yeah. have been a great name really would it? No no uh, yeah we had a, a debate I can remember sitting around um, when the twins were on their way and James was nearly Adam mm. um, and I said no I put my foot down because I thought I had a teacher in school who went by the nickname of Adam and I didn't like the man and I didn't want to look at my son for the rest mm-hmm. of his life and see his face <laughs> Gordon's just messaging me to say that Rusty is actually, it was short for Russell, so I've been corrected. Oh, dear me. That's worse again. I'm sorry now, Gordon. That's, that's, that's a notion's name. That's a notion's name. Now, I mean, there must be people out there who've got names and are wondering, Christ, what were my parents thinking? Or names that you gave your children and you wonder, okay, okay. Did you so, like the name PJ when you were growing up? I wasn't born PJ. Okay, and there's right. a story behind that, right? My, my, but listen, I've never told it on the air before. Um, I, my name is Patrick Joseph. Okay? Right. Um, and when I was in college, I was in a, a practicals group for physics. And there was only a group of maybe 12 or 16 of us. And there was three Pats, or rather a Patrick, a Pat and a Padraig. Mm. And my practical partner, who was, I used to do all my experiments with, was a, was a girl called Danielle from Limerick. And she had a problem with this because every time she called my name, three heads went up, right? <laughs> and she said, I'm sick of this. I'm sick of this. What's your, what, what is your full name? And she'd seen it on the class roll. I said, it's Patrick Joseph. Right, she said, you're PJ. I said, I am not, not happening. No way. She stuck with it. It stuck with me. She married one of the other pets and she gave me a name. I haven't seen her in 40 years. <laughs> she gave me a name. <laughs> <laughs> so that's where that came from. But has anyone got names that they really think, Mother, what were you thinking? Somebody has just messaged us here, Sean Oak, Brendan Kardashian. <laughs> and right. PJ, maybe they named him after Wolf Tone. There you go now. <laughs> that, that would mean his name would be Theobald. <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah no. but it's just it's an interesting one is there anyone out there who has a name that they really loved it might be a strange name that they really loved um, or that you know have they called their child a name that they kind of regret now um, you know, <laughs> or, I, or that their child says ma'am what were, what you, were thinking? you thinking <laughs> right? uh, like Amy Schumer I, I love this one she, she changed her child's name as well um, because her husband is called Chris, Chris Fisher and they named the child Jean Attell Fisher. And then realized that, I'm not going to say it on the air, but putting Jean and Attell together could be rather an unfortunate combination <laughs> if said too quickly and not pronounced properly. You getting it? You're yeah. getting it. You're getting yes. anybody, anybody got a name that they would rather their parents hadn't given them? I remember at the time as well, another name that was going around our thought process was Holly. Right, and Holly. There's a lot of Hollies around now. Mm. We have a TD, Holly Cairns. There's a lot of Hollies around now, but not so much back then. But Queen Bee liked the name Holly, and I said, you know what, Holly's nice if if you're three. 
I like the name Holly. I think Holly is the kind of name that would suit anybody of any age. Do you know, it's you just... Think, like, yeah. Yeah. You see, back, I suppose we're talking 20, 24, 25 years ago. It's like Fiona. Um, I mean, okay. anybody well, you, my age, there's there's a million Fionas out there. Well, like you know you can't, you can't have a radio station without <laughs> at least one Fiona in it. No, when I was a reporter, there was another Fiona on the beat with me as well, which got very confusing. But um, you don't hear anybody calling their babies Fiona now, do you know? So if anybody has called their baby Fiona recently, <laughs> yeah, let me yeah. know. And how many, I wonder how many Fergals are out there now? <laughs> oh, there's only one, only one Fergal. <laughs> That's the best way to finish that point. Thanks. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six. 96. Thanks, Fee. A friend in school was Petronella and she was called Petrol. You see? You see what you're doing? Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With the Cork City Marathon. Take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team. Register at CorkCityMarathon.ie Oldies and Irish on Cork's 96FM is the big Sunday show on your radio. Turn it up and take it easy with the best music mix for your Sunday morning. Welcome along to the programme. Lovely to be with you on a Sunday morning. Oldies and Irish with Derry O'Callaghan. Sundays, 10am to 2pm. With Hidden Hearing, tuning you in so you don't miss a thing. And we've been doing it for over 30 years. Hiddenhearing.ie Corks 96FM. We have found a Fiona, uh, a five-month-old Fiona. My five-month-old niece, says this caller, uh, is uh, it's called Fiona. And yet, and I love that saying. I did hear that saying, actually, before, but it's good to hear it again. Uh, you don't realise how many people you hate until you, have to name your, <laughs> until you have to name your child. We'd fun a few months ago with animals with, with people's names, like the cat in... in, in in Douglas, it's called Brendan, and we did a few more things like that. But, but there's some names, people who like and hate their name. Uh, have you ever had a row with your other half about what the baby would be called? Uh, did he or she or hate one name? And then did the child come back ever and say, what the hell were you thinking? 0818 96 96 96. Now, Cork City's most senior Garda, Chief Superintendent Tom Myers, has appealed to families who've been subjected to intimidation because of drugs debt to report that to Garda. Anne Murphy is writing in the Irish Examiner. Now, this is going on since God alone was a child. I have great respect for Chief Super Myers. What I wonder... Is he, is he, and he worked in the drug squad and he worked in drug enforcement for many, many years and said he was referring to his former life in the drugs unit. He knew it was intimidating for families and all of that, but he's urging people to come forward. And I wonder, is it, is it in the real world, will, will that ever happen? Um, but there's also a, a, a a huge lack of... He was speaking at the JPC, the Joint Policing Committee meeting, where the, the, the issue of a lack of guards on the north side was also brought up. Uh, Sinn Féin TD, Thomas Gould. Thomas, uh, you, you brought that up, or it was brought up, the lack of guards on the north side, but let, we'll do that in a second. First of all, Chief Superintendent Myers, man for whom I have the highest respect, I'm sure you do too, he, he really is hoping against hope there that people will come forward, isn't he? Good morning. Yeah. Good morning, PJ. And yeah, listen, I respect uh, Chief Superintendent Myers and 
he has a good understanding because of his history in the drug uh, department. But the issue, no, PJ, and I'm not trying to be um, dramatic, but there has been a huge escalation in intimidation of people and families Mm -hmm. in the last 12 months, and particularly the last six months, where you have gangs. I've never, like you said, PJ, there has always been intimidation about drug debts and threatening families and like, I would have got a couple of them every year. But no, at the moment, I'm getting one of these every week since, every second week since since Christmas. And what we have now is these gangs, uh, a lot of them local, that the Gardaí know about, that ordinary people know about, threatening people, calling up their families, threatening families, threatening to, to beat people up, to burn people out, and even to kill people. And what you have now is... Uh, these gangs are being supported by bigger gangs in Dublin. Uh, I know this for a fact, that these gangs are coming to Cork, uh, also trying to get money. Mm-hmm. And what they're doing is they're lulling people into to drug debt. And then when I'm dealing with families, to people, my Lord, 12,000 up to nearly 30,000. And what they're doing then is they're charging interest every week yeah. so that you can clear the debt, PJ. And Thomas... And, and I don't want you to name or even attempt or I can go anywhere near identifying any of the people you're dealing with and I know you won't anyway but if, if you said to for argument's sake Mrs Murphy whose who's, who's boy or girl owes 11 or 12 grand and they've had the door put in or they've had the window the, the tyre slashed on the car would you say to them go to the guards and if you did would they? Well, I, that's why I asked Superintendent Moyers at the meeting on Monday about this drive programme. Oh, yes. It's drug-related intimidation and violence engagement. It's a special pilot programme they launched in Dublin. Okay. And it, had, it has quite success. It's been quite successful. And that's what I'm looking to have in Cork now, so that people can go there anonymously. There's wraparound services. They've got Gardaí. They've got resources. Mm-hmm. They they tie in with the drugs. They tie in with the local Garda stations. They identify these uh, these drug dealers and these drug pushers, and yeah. they target them. Then, yeah. and just... then what happens is the family. No one knows the family has gone to them. Yes, and that's you, since since forever, Thomas, there's been a number that you can ring and give all the information you want. And the guards will treat it anonymously, and that's one eight hundred six 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 one one one. That's been there for many years. It's probably changed now. Yeah, eight one eight six 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 one. Yeah. And listen, it, it, and what I would encourage people to do it to to contact the guards. But what this this special program does, PJ, is you have specialist guardy in relation to drug intimidation and the drug world. Because you know yourself, you've covered this for years, right? Um, this is really big stuff. And when you're looking, like I, I've spoken to t- uh, Sinn Féin TDs in Dublin, and what they're telling me is that it's destroyed communities up there, and they're saying that if there are Dublin gangs involved, it won't be long before there's guns involved in Cork. Well, don't, say, don't even go there. Please don't draw, don't even well, think about well, it. But P- mind you, PJ, mind you, my, my this, friend Paul this Williams, is what's happening. my friend Paul Williams said to me on this programme, and it's more than five years ago, he said... He was waiting for the same thing to happen. Well, it's happening now, PJ. There's doubling gangs now in Cork at this moment in time, supporting local drug dealers, right? And what what I was what I was disappointed with on Monday is that the Gary 
the Gardaí should know this. The Gardaí should know it. Well, like, I'm sure, they, I'm sure the they do, but they're not going to discuss it in open meeting. I'm sure they do know. No, but I, I've had I've had conversation with Gardaí in relation to this because, like, these people should be picked up. If these these people arrived in Cork or the people who are dealing with them, they should be they should be picked up. There should be surveillance on them. Yeah, but and you know as well as I know, you need grounds to pick them up. You can't just not, you can't just nab them. We don't have that kind. Of, they'd, they'd be out. They'd be out on free but legal teacher, aid four hours later. You know yourself. That's that's fine, but at least they know that the Gardaí are watching them, right? Yeah. At the moment, you see, PJ, what, what they, 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 these right? bios would sue you for long for lo- unlawful arrest be- before they'd look twice at you. You know they would, Tom. Yeah, but PJ, there are people dying. I know that there are people that dying at, at the moment. I know that, and these fell. And you see, PJ, the problem now is these gangs feel they're untouchable. Yeah, and they know the Gardaí are under pressure with numbers and with resources to tackle them. You're not wrong, and you're going around. Ah, look, and that's like Tom. Since my dad, since my dad was a guard in the north side, and that's not yesterday. And and his great old friend Flan Wiley was a detective up there. Flan Wiley, yeah, yeah, and and see, they both even then there were people who considered themselves untouchable. But Peter, you mentioned Flan Wiley, you now, right? I remember growing up in the north side. His name was synonymous, right? That's right. If you People would say to you, if you were getting into trouble, they'll call Flan Wiley. That's right. <laughs> no, I actually never met the man, right? <laughs> he, uh, he was a very close he, friend of my dad's, and he was like, if, if, if Flan Wiley was on your case, you were in trouble. Yes. And that, that's the thing, PJ. That's what we need. No, we need Gardy on the ground like Flan Wiley, that people, that he's got a presence, that people are saying, well, you wouldn't cross him, because if right. you cross him, you will be in big trouble. That's right. And that's what we need, PJ. They like to see him on the ground And we we don't, you're right, we don't don't have many more. By the way, and you you raised that, I know that. By the way, I hear you rather like your name. Yes, I was just (laughs) listening to Fiona. Uh, To be honest, there used to be great crack because sometimes I'd be sending messages to different Fiona's about uh, news reports or things that would be happening and sometimes I'd get them mixed up. And I know that the Fiona's used to find that very funny that Tommy would be sending the wrong Fiona message, you know. But uh, (laughs) but it's funny, Peter, that you talk about it. Um, I remember my my youngest girl, she's nearly 13, um, I suggested at the time uh, she Orla, but I suggested at the time maybe the name Seven uh, for you a bit of a crack. Were, were you a Star Trek fan? Big fan. Seven of nine. Yeah, seven of nine. She just yeah. slaughtered yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> so the, to this day, I still get reminded of that. Thomas, thanks. Thomas Gould, uh, Sinn Fein TD. Imagine calling your daughter Seth. Mind you, and by the way, if you watch Amazon, Picard. Star Trek Picard season two is on Amazon. Brilliant, brilliant. Uh, a seven of nine is in it, and it's just brilliant. But Thomas, by the way, means twin. We we have discovered. A couple more people talking about their names. Um, Poppy. Yeah, Poppy Ryan's son is called Wolf. PJ Grand. I was born Chantel, but named Tilly since I was a baby. The teacher would call me Chantel at school on the roll every morning. It would make me squirm. I detest my original name. I used to cry to my mother for naming me that. In a school full of Sarahs and normal names, it was tough out. But happily, my aunt noticed, gave me my nickname, and thankfully, it stuck. Alicia Beth Moore. Bet you didn't know that. Pink's real name, Alicia Beth Moore. If you think that's odd... I'd have to go and look up Lady Gaga's name. That's something demented altogether. Noel, good morning to you. Morning. Your sister was going to be called what? 
She was going to be called Dererica Trees. Dererica Trees. Yeah, so Dererica is the patron saint of Valencia Island. Dererica. Yeah, my dad is a very proud South Kerry man, so. Okay. okay. (laughs) And then after about two or three weeks, no one could pronounce it, so they changed it. Her now name is Trees Dererica. Trey's Derrica. Derrica. Yeah. Is that any kind of a version of Derrick or is it just a unique name? I'd never heard that name in my life. I'd never heard until she was born, but um, yeah, she. my dad always tells people it's the painted saint of Valencia Island, so he's that's who we're sticking with. Derrica. It's actually a nice name. Yeah, it's lovely. You could imagine it being shortened to Erica. Possibly, yes, but I don't think my parents would enjoy that. Derrica Trays. That's yeah. that's. I think that's the most unusual one we found so far <laughs> this morning. She's now known as Trays Derrica. Noel, thanks for that. Thanks for that. Love that. That's actually a nice name. Now I've come across this name before, um, so I'm not going to mis- mispronounce it. Shiona. Good morning. Hi there. Yeah. Very good. Got it right. You're not the first Shiona I've I've come across, but oh, very good. People make the mistake with it, don't they? They do, constantly. Either Sonia or Fiona. Yeah. 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 And as, as I said there in the text that I sent in, I was actually in school with a Fiona and a Rona, three of us in the same class. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, where is it from? So, there's kind of a little bit of confusion about it because my parents got it out of a sci-fi book, right? <laughs> But they, Dad is convinced it was from an Anne McCaffrey book. But I found it in one of the books from the Dune series. You know the Dune film that was out yes. last year? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, God Emperor of Dune. Right. It's one of the later ones in the series. Fiona. Yeah. But I, you have an eye in it, do you? I do, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, a, there's another, yeah. there's a, a version of it that has an S-H-E-O as well that I've come across. Yeah. 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 Because I've just, I've done a little bit of research into it myself. There's a moth with the name. There's a, a kind of a small group of people in Peru with the name, right. and it's also a male name in India, from what I can figure out. Really? Crazy. Yeah. 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 That's that. It's an unusual one. And you, like, it is. Do, do you correct people if they get it wrong, or what? Do you get it odd about? Some, some people get very odd. Yeah, it depends on how close it is. If they're way off, I'll correct it. And if, and it depends on how important the person is as well, you know. Yeah. Um, so if it's someone I've only seen kind of once or twice, I, and it's Shona or Shona, I won't bother. But if it's someone I'm seeing constantly, I will correct it to Shona. Now, there's a thing. I could imagine it would be mistaken for Shona or Shona. Yeah. Right. That too, that too. There you go. Just because people don't quite know how to pronounce it, you know, it's... It is. It's a very unusual one. I I always kind of joke about it, and as soon as I'm kind of having to say my name for anyone, I'm automatically spelling it with the phonetic alphabet S for Sierra. (laughs) And is there a fada on the I? Not originally. I tried putting the fada on it, but uh, it didn't really stick. (laughs) Shiona, thank you. And it is a lovely name uh, with, again, a science fiction connection. So, So she thinks from Dune. Uh, I haven't seen Dune. I, I watched it, didn't particularly enjoy it, but I'm, I, I'm familiar with it. And then when you think of Thomas Gould, <laughs> massive Star Trek fan, wanted to call his daughter Seven. Whether he was joking or not, I don't know. I can tell you that there was an argument in my house at one point as to whether my son could have Spock as a middle name. So look, let's 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 not... 
rule out the science fiction connection anywhere. Where are we going? Lisa. Hi, Lisa. Hi. You're named Hi. after whom? Um, well, I was named after uh, my mum's favourite dog. <laughs> a dog but, called Lisa? Yes, yes. She used to breed uh, sort of Alsatians, but uh, apart from that, it's, it's mostly my uh, son, Raylan. Um, he's actually named after a US Marshal in the, in the TV show called Justified. Right. Back in the day, back in 2010, um, on the FX network. And, I remember uh, it, yeah. Yes, so I was named, I think it was Timothy Oliphant was the uh, the actor that played the part, so I love the name Raylan, but uh, he gets all called all sorts, you know, mostly Rylan, mm. um, so, uh, but he's too polite to say anything, yeah. but he's uh, sort of a, a an eight-year-old going on a teenager, so when, of course, his mum or his dad calls him and, you know, you're shouting, Raylan, Raylan, no response, yeah. so we have a pet na- nickname for him as Jim, seems to respond better to that. <laughs> Hang on, you see, I was thinking to myself, you might shorten it to Ray. Yeah, no, he, he hates that. He Does he? hates that, PJ. Yeah, he's, oh, no, I'm Raylan. But uh, he's blessing me if we meet anybody and they start calling him Royal and he's just too polite to say, to say and, anything. And how on earth did you manage to get Jim? I well, that's due to his, his dad, actually. He just decided he'd call him Jim as a little pet nickname and <laughs> he just responds best to that. I, I could be calling him from upstairs when he's upstairs reading. I go mm. uh, at the bottom of the stairs and go, Raylan, Raylan, no response, Jim, and I'll get, yes! <laughs> Crikey. And also, I think you've got a new baby and you're very particular that the name, this is yes. another element of names. Yes. You don't right. want the name shortened. Not really, no. No, I mean, he might decide to when he's sort of old enough to go to school and start spelling his name. You know, he might not thank me then. <laughs> but, uh, but yes, he, so he's Alexander. Nice. And um, I've had relatives from, uh, calling him Alex. But, you know, we did call him Alexander after Alexander the Great. That was his uh, dad came up with that okay. suggestion. Okay. Um, but, again, he may decide to shorten it himself if he's at school and he has to start trying to spell it. <laughs> watch, watch for another... Uh, shortening of Alexander. Uh, Palamine called his son Alexander and the boy goes through life as Xander. Yes, yes, I've heard that. Yeah, definitely. That's another one, isn't it? Um, Yes, but yeah, so we've called our little one. It's uh, We've given him a bit of a grand name. It's Alexander Charles Henry. What? (laughs) But that's obviously the two... He's going to need a very big passport. Exactly, exactly. Or when he has to fill it off for a job application or something, he'll really thank us then. <laughs> Alexander Charles Henry from Castle yes. Donovan County. There's exactly. <laughs> I love it. Lisa, thanks very much. 0818 96 96 96. That's another element to it, the shortening of names, like Charlotte, right, um, was inevitably going to be shortened to Charlie. Um Actually, Fiona, what, what, I mean, I, you could answer me off here. Was I wonder was Charlie ever Charles first? Did you just make Charlie out of it, or was it Charles first? I don't know. We'll keep this going because there's a lot of fun to be had with names. A reminder to you: tomorrow is uh, the 25th March, and Corks 96 of M proudly supporting the Irish Cancer Society's Daffodil Day. Daffodils available from any of the volunteers. And they help to fund free cancer support services and life-changing cancer research. If you'd like to donate, all the information you want is at cancer.ie. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With the Cork City Marathon. Take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team. Register at corkcitymarathon.ie. 
Cork's 96FM wants to send you and a friend to see an Irish world champion make history. Katie Taylor versus Amanda Serrano in New York will be the biggest women's boxing match of all time. And you could be there. It's just a TKO. Listen weekdays at 8.15, 2.15 and 5.15. To hear the knockout hits. The knockout hits. When you have all three, text or WhatsApp the big drive home for your chance to qualify. Flights, accommodation, spending money and tickets to Taylor versus Serrano on April 30th in New York. It's just a TKO. With no DC Cars Blackpool. Put your trust in their award winning after sales team with a Skoda service at noldc.com. Listen and win weekdays only on Cork's 96 FM. 96 FM. Thank you, Victoria Claire Elizabeth Nicky. <laughs> It's a mouthful, isn't it? I know. What is it with the English and the big massive names? There you go. Yeah. And you've no idea where the, where the other ones came from. Where the in- I know a lot of people that have two middle names like that in England. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a sister who has two middle names, oh. so it's not just the English. Okay. <laughs> yeah. There you go. But the, I, I take, was the Elizabeth after the Queen? Well, there's two queens in my name because it's Victoria and Elizabeth. There you go. And Claire? Claire, and it's the French Claire without the I. C-L-A-R-E. Ah. Yeah. See, you learn something every day. And how long are we working together? (laughs) The lines are live. And we're ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 0818 96 96 96. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. On Cork's 96FM. Oh, oh, I love where this discussion is going. My son is 19 months old. He's a big fan of 96FM. His name is Odin, O-D-I-N, Odin Lynch. It started out as a joke. I'm a big Avengers fan. I did joke about calling him Thor. But my fans say, and my brother said, well, why don't you call him Odin? Thor's dad. And the rest is history. It took weeks to convince my partner. Now we're proud of his name. Everyone loves it. We call him King Odin, God of the Norse Viking. There you go. But beat this. I'm not sure anybody's going to beat this one. No, I'll hold on to it for a while, actually. I'll go to Anya. Anya, I know that you, you're in England. So are you worried? Are you, are you still there? Hi, hi, TJ. Well, your friend is in England, and your friend's no, name is Colma. Colma, no, it's my sister, Colma. Oh, your sister, Colma. Yeah. Colma, that's right. She's yeah, she's living in England now. Um, that's right. My uh, sister's called Colma, and they have no problem with her name when she's in England. Right. But as soon as she comes back home, everyone's saying, "How do you spell that? Is that Colm?" And she's like, no, it's Colma. But as soon as I go to England, they say, Anya, what's that? Anya, Anya, what? But right. as soon as she comes back to Ireland, they have no idea. Right. So, so the, the Irish can't pronounce Colma. No. I would struggle and, with that. I would have said Colma. Yeah, Colma, C-O-L-M-L. And everyone said, oh, is it the female version of Colm? We have no idea because my mother found her name in this she said anyway she found her name in an Irish saint book but we can't find it since yeah, but we well, did find uh, her name in a graveyard over in America St. Columba's graveyard in America and that's the only place we found it well, well we know that about St. Columba Kill and is that's it right. a female version of St. Columba Kill or, or what that's an interesting one now because Columba comes from Columba Kill doesn't it it does but we have no, we have no idea, except that we did find a graveyard 
in America called St. Colmas Graveyard. And then Anya, I mean, it's fine yeah. here, but yeah, it's fine I, here. in the UK? At the Hamden Iota. It's, it's just it's so, and every time I go over there, it's we just say just the Irish version of Anna, go, oh, that's grand, no problem. But she's no problem over in England as soon as she said, Colmat, they don't even blink an eye, but as soon as she introduces me, they kind of go, what? But can, like, do they not pick up when you say, look, it's just on you? Can they not say it straight back to you? I often wondered that. They, like, I mean, they nearly choke themselves with Siobhan. They do. It's right. a, yeah, they, as soon as they see it, right, see, see it written down, you just forget it. <laughs> That's just, true. Just forget it. That's true. <laughs> and with, with a father over it, just, they just say, what's that? Is it French? <laughs> no, no, Anya and Colma. If anybody knows the origin, there's the thing we know about Saint Columkill. Was there yeah. someone? Someone knows their their saint's history. Was there a Saint Colma, and was Colma. Is she Irish, or is it just a kind of a female version of Columkill? Thanks, Anya, and our best to Colma. That's a nice name, actually, Colma. Never heard of it before. Right, I was supposed to be called Yasmin. After Simon Le Bon's wife, but my parents changed to Jade at the last minute. I can only imagine my delight as I got older to find out they decided against it. I don't know, Yasmin's a nice name. Although you'd probably go through life with it shortened to Yaz. And then all your friends who are 90s or 80s music fans would be coming up behind you going, the anyway is up. Yaz or Yasmin. She was a gorgeous woman, Yasmin Le Bon. 0818969696. I have a niece, Danica. Oh, that's a beautiful name, Danica. Lovely name. Not too sure where it comes from, but it's a lovely name. She's 23. When my son was born, said Antoinette, we decided on the name Sam, but his dad always called him George. Came home from hospital and met a friend whose dad had passed away the same day Sam was born. So Rob picked up Sam and said, Come on, George. George was the girl's dad's name and it's stuck my little sorry my cousin's little boy is called Rafferty Rafferty oh wasn't there a poem about that Rafferty the wonder cat or Rafferty the mystery cat Rafferty yes what about all the the Kylie's oh the Kylie Minogue and Jason Donovan were superstars through through music but also through neighbours and they got married in the show Kylie and Kylie and Jason, or Scott, Scott and Charlene got married in the show. Right? I think Kylie and date, Jason may have dated. But anyway, Charlene and Scott got married in the show, and the marriage was as big as a royal wedding. And I remember at the time there were Charlene's and Scott's around Cork. There were also lots of Kylie's and Jason's around Cork at the time. I wonder did they change the name? This is this is this is brilliant though. This is just well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I hated my name at the start. It was Erin. I mean, like, how original was it to be called Hot Cup? Oh, come on. I was the only one with that name growing up, but it's getting far more popular now. Yes, I do like that. I do like that. I was born very premature in the Bonds, and I was named by the nuns Maria Dolores. Mary of the, <laughs> Mary of the Sorrows. <laughs> Maria Dolores. Right. It's the best one for now, and we'll come back to names if we get more of them, but it's, it's fun. I'm having fun with it. My grandson's name. Are you ready for this? My grandson's name is Joshua Daniel Hanlon Moon O'Regan. What? 
Joshua, Daniel, Hanlon, Moon, O'Regan. The doctor got such shock he couldn't even write it down. My granddaughter is Naomi Philomena Hanlon Moon O'Regan. Right. My, my mother's name was Bedelia. No idea of its... Yeah, Bedelia. Would not be shortened to... To Delia, someone said it was a flower. Cloda. Yeah, I remember meeting a girl in the Grail Talk when we were in school. Uh, we struck off a bit of a relationship during a trip to the Grail Talk. Her name was Cloda from Limerick. Cloda Ryan from Limerick. So, I mean, yeah, Cloda's a nice... Cloda's around since forever, for goodness sake. 0818 96 96 96. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With the Cork City Marathon. Take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team. Register at CorkCityMarathon.ie. They're still coming in. Uh, strange names and unusual names and names that you used to hate but now you love and names that your parents... Were they drinking? When <laughs> did your name? We'll come back to them. We will come back to them. We've talked... Hold on. I dropped this. Thanks. Um, we talked earlier in the year, or was it late last year at this stage, I've lost track of time, to Michael Horgan about the America's Cup, which is, Michael, and let's remind people, outside of the Olympics and the World Cup, the America's Cup is the biggest sporting event on the planet. Good morning. Good morning, PJ. Yes, that's correct. It is the biggest sporting event uh, event outside of those two that you've mentioned, the Olympics and Soccer World Cup, in terms of revenue generation for the economy and in terms of the amount of viewers which would get to watch it globally. Yeah. Uh, so big is it that I noticed in the last while that the Red Bull Racing Formula One team, the Mercedes Formula One team, have signed up to partner with teams in this race. That'll give you the idea of the amount of money involved. Yeah, the money is phenomenal. I mean, to run these teams, uh, there's like about 100 people on each team and uh, you're you're looking at just massive investment in these teams. But with the, with the Formula One partnerships now, that's going to make it even more desirable for viewers because the Netflix series tries to survive for Formula One yeah. That there's going to be another Netflix series now, a documentary following the teams with their endeavours and what they're going to do and how they're achieving. Really? They're, so yeah. there's an America's Cup series coming up. That's good. Now, we have, or had, I think still have, an opportunity to get this for Cork. But if I remember rightly, there'd be a lot of money involved. We'd have to invest, what, 150 million quid? Yeah, and it's. I haven't seen the latest figures. There was a, a, a report done. The first cost-benefit analysis was definitely on the high side. So they revisited that, uh, compiled a new report. There was huge work uh, went into that report by local government, the Department of Sport, the, the County Council in Cork, uh, Port of Cork. Everybody did uh, a phenomenal amount of work from what I've what I believe. Yeah. Uh, I haven't seen the figures, but apparently it's very favourable. Now, when um, I when we spoke last, uh, and maybe I misunderstood this, if, if I did, you'll correct me, I hope. This is ours for the taking virtually. 
it was basically handed to us on a plate. Um, Team New Zealand, being the, the holders of the cup, have the rights to choose the, the venue. And because there's such a strong connection with New Zealand and Ireland, and because Cork really is the, the, the birthplace and home of sailing, you may say, you know, with the 1720, the Yacht Club and Crosshaven and this and that. So there's the, it's a perfect venue. You're guaranteed wind. The other venues that they're looking at, you're not guaranteed wind. Uh, and of course, you're guaranteed in the Irish hospitality, which yes. is known all over the world. Now, we've got to make a decision, yay or nay, by March 31st. And I guess the only thing about it is, Michael, people will look at it and say, well, it's a very elite sport. 150 million is an awful lot of money. Even if it was 100, it's an awful lot of money for what's effectively a sports event. Yeah, I mean, I can see how people would would see that. But you've got to look at the bigger picture, PJ, like out of the, the, the investment which will be required to improve the instru- infrastructure, you're going to have many, many lasting legacy benefits to benefit the whole area. Um, like how much would it bring into the economy? It's predicted to bring in about 500 million right. euros of hard, hard benefits. So I that, mean, that, that's like, net of 350 to 400 million, correct? Yeah, it's phenomenal. I mean, the, the way, the, like I'm speaking, I've spoken to restaurateurs, I've spoken to publicans, I've spoken to hoteliers, uh, the likes of John Brennan down in Kenmare there, and everybody is scratching their heads as to why we wouldn't take this. Right. Like, all of these businesses have been crucif- crucified, as, as you well know, over the past couple of years. So why on earth would we turn down uh, a goose which would definitely lay us a golden egg, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it just you, doesn't make sense. You make the point, that, and we are bidding to co-host Euro 2028. There will be quite an amount of money involved in that, but it's fairly certain we should get it, um, the, the Euro 2028 soccer tournament. Now, you're saying that that's a, a, a tournament in 2028, but if we were to go for this, the work the work and the money would start to be spent when? Later this year? Uh, immediately. It would have to start immediately. So... Um, like the 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 you I think it's fantastic that we've put in a bid for the euros that that's wonderful and it you know dublin the like we don't have big stadiums down here but but we we won't benefit from it, but the east will benefit from it, but in terms of the America's Cup, everybody will benefit from it the whole monster region, every single business, every single corner shop, you name it, everybody will benefit from this if we choose to accept it mm. um it will spread also, of course, up to Dublin, the benefits, because, I mean, Dublin is, is the main gateway into the country. Mm. So, uh, in terms know. of sailing, I remember, I'm old enough, God bless me, to remember when the tall ships race came to Cork in the early 90s. And I remember the early, the glory days, as it were, of, of Cork Week. You're talking a hundred times bigger, aren't you? I can't even quantify it, really. Like, you're, you're looking at 9 million hotel nights across the whole Munster region. You're looking at 900 million TV viewers showcasing the beauty of our harbour, of our coastline, of our hospitality, the Netflix documentary. 2,000 jobs are predicted from the latest cost-benefit analysis 
You've got the, the, the first ever Women's and Youth America's Cup to be held concurrently here, if we accept it. I mean, this would be amazing for, for women sailing. Mm. Um, also, because of the partnerships with Formula One technology, it would provide phenomenal inspiration for our young students and our young, brilliant minds that we have in this country yeah. to see firsthand what, what can be achievable with well, respect to partnering Formula One technology yeah. with sailing. Well, I know little or nothing about sailing, Michael, I may tell you now. I know little or nothing about sailing. But I got into Formula One through Drive to Survive. Yeah. Uh, and, and now I can see the sheer size. And the minute I heard that they're buying into this, I started taking a renewed interest. And look, I'm going to sound like, I'm, going to sound like I'm, I'm on your side here, which I'm kind of supposed to be... T- but I can't see. Somebody will. Somebody will. I can't see a downer here. Can you? There really isn't. Look, I just heard on the news this morning that rising inflation is going to cost each household an average of €2,000 additionally per year. And we're facing a very real risk of recession here. I mean, why on earth would we not take this, which will be a phenomenal economic boost to the country? Okay. It just, it's a no-brainer, PJ. Remind me again, 20, 31st of March is the deadline for saying yay or nay. If we want it, we'll get it, is pretty much what, what, what you say. And when would it happen then? Um, it would st- like The teams would, would literally start planning to come to Ireland now. So uh, you've got about 100 people in each team. A lot of these teams, like a lot of these guys bring their, their spouses, their children. Um, they'll be booking into hotels immediately. Yeah. Um, it, and, it would start from now. And, and when, way- when is the event? The event will be 2024. That's okay. what they're looking at, 2024. Unless this war in Ukraine throws a spanner in the works and they decide to delay it a bit, uh, or even postpone it for a year, perhaps, which there has been rumours of that. But uh, we're basically looking at this event, if all goes to plan, in 2024. Yeah. And we are still in the running. And I want to know, for, you know, if we, if, if we do, if the government do turn this down, because there has been huge support from from within... The, the council in Cork and the port of Cork, the Department of Sport, they've all done massive work with their due diligence process. And uh, it, it just beggars belief as to why a decision has not yet been made. Okay. We should be phoning them up and begging them to, to come here and, and host this event. OK. Your, your own interest, just before I let you go, what's your own personal interest in this? My own personal interest is that uh, you know, I'm, I I love the sport. I've loved the sport my whole life. But it it just it would it's I love this country, PJ. I've travelled my whole life, and I, I recently returned to Ireland from from a lifetime away, really. And I just think that the benefits for for the country are too great to turn down. And that's my interest. My my vested interest is for the benefit. Okay. and well-being of the people of this of, of Munster, really, you know, and Ireland. OK, Michael, leave it there, and we'll talk again. 31st of March, a decision has to be made by the government. It's a lot of money to pony up for one event. But if you to listen to Michael and he read up the facts, don't believe me, read up the facts about the America's Cup, how big it is. I cannot see a downside. Actually, I, I'm just wondering, John Gately, uh, John, my old pal, is uh, now the general manager of the Commodore Hotel 
in Cove and yesterday they had a big celebrity visitor of which we'll talk in a second John but but the America's Cup I mean it sounds like a no-brainer good morning good morning PJ yeah absolutely no-brainer uh, as I speak to you, I'm looking out the window of my office over to Crosshaven and uh, Harbour and uh, just coincidentally uh, looking at the fantastic venue that uh, it would be taking place in 2024 if we did get it. But, yeah, look, anything like this um, that can boost tourism and particularly in the recovery situation that we're all in at the moment after the last two years mm. um, has to be a benefit for everybody. Like a, a Netflix documentary we've seen through, as Michael said, I don't know whether you watch it or not, but I know, you, I know you're a motorcyclist, so you might have an interest in Drive to Survive. Like, Absolutely. The, the, the audience that that has brought to Formula One, it has broken America for Formula One. So, yeah. like, can you imagine what a big, heavy-budget Netflix documentary would do for us? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. And the drive to survive. I just finished uh, number four. There don't don't, don't spread it for me. <laughs> I won't. <laughs> but, uh, no, it's fantastic. My wife is now a Formula One fan, so yeah. it just shows you the effect. Well, my my daughter it, dragged me into it as well. John, you yeah. had Paul Road yesterday, Ant-Man. He'd be an Ant-Man to me. He's many things to many people, but Ant-Man to me. He is, and I suppose this is what launched him to the, the latest uh, fan base through the Marvel uh, films, which have, you know, crossed all sorts of generations age-wise and, and fan-wise. But, uh, yeah, he was with us yesterday. Um, I didn't see him myself, unfortunately. I was at a, I was at a meeting. But um, the, the funny thing is he's got a great relationship with Cove and with the Commodore. His, his late dad uh, came to the Commodore for... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The number one selling product of its kind with over 20 years of research and innovation. Botox Cosmetic, out botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications including botulinum toxins as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today 
at shopify.com slash records. For 20 years uh, fishing, I was very, very friendly with um, Pat O'Shea, who, who had been uh, Pat, Pat O'Shea Jr.'s father, who was the original uh, owner of the hotel. Yeah. So there's a, there's a family history there. And he's made a few visits before, which would have been under the radar with family. Um, but yesterday, uh, we kind of, uh, he, he let us uh, loose, let the photographs loose and things like that. So yeah. it was great. But it, it caused a fantastic buzz around the town. The, the Titanic really, really people were delighted with him. Brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. And his dad had a, a particular interest in history and was involved in it career-wise and was quite interested in the um, mm. Titanic story. Interestingly, uh, next month we've got the British Titanic uh, Society uh, conference in Cove as well. So the, uh, he, was, he, was, he was aware of that, apparently. So, um, yeah, it, yeah, it's, it's April, April, it very good. April 19th, It's 100, 110 years, isn't it, now? That's right, Good that's Lord. right. I remember yeah. being down there for the for the centenary. John, just to let you, before I let you go, you've taken over there at the Commodore, and I know you're trying to do uh, make it into a four-star. I don't know whether you've got there or not just yet, but if I know you, and I think I do, you will. You're, you're taking over, John, a place steeped in the most glorious history. Yeah, incredible. Um... And, you know, we're very proud of the fact uh, it's, a, it's a family-owned hotel. Um, a lot of hotels are no longer family-owned in Ireland, so there's the history, there's the personal service, there's everything that goes with it. But it has, you know, it has been witness to so many things down through the years from, you know, Queen Victoria's visit, well, what that would have been before it was built, but just in the area, and obviously the, the, the two tragedies of the Lusitania and obviously the Titanic uh, which would have been uh, the last stop. So, um, and then then all the the history of the, the little bits of history that people don't even know about that the you know the the night before the U.S. entered the First World War, the whole fleet was uh, moored here in the harbour, um, and ready to go into Europe with their troops and everything. So there's been a, countless other pieces of history that we might be aware of. You know. All right, all right. John. Listen. Uh, good luck. With, Thanks, with, with, with the Commodore. My, my, my boy is a regular visitor because the, himself and the lads at his day centre, they swim there. Um, but I'm, I'm, I must pop down to you sometime soon. Haven't been in the Commodore for a very long time. John Gately, general manager. They had Paul Rudd in yesterday. And there's a guy who knows hospitality and knows hotels and knows how to build a business. And before him, Michael... We need this America's Cup. And I'm not into sailing. I, I like to watch it. I've been out on some of the big boats during Ford Week or Cork Week or whatever you call it these days. And I've done, I've had the privilege, and it was a privilege, the late Derek Davis was filming for RTE years ago and he invited me because I knew Derek through, of all things, 10-pin bowling. Derek invited me to be on his helicopter when they were filming. Man alive. To see it from the air on a, on a sunny day is phenomenal. So I'll America's Cup, please come. Can we just talk? The opinion line on Corks 96 FM. With the Cork City Marathon. Take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team. Register at CorkCityMarathon.ie. 
Access all areas on Cork's 96FM. Your guide to nightlife on Leaside. Hi, it's Michael here with an update on Cork's entertainment. Neil Delamere, the star of BBC's The Blame Game, Fighting Talk and News Quiz, hits the road again with his riotous new stand-up show, Liminal. Neil brings his new show to Cork Opera House for one night only, taking place on Thursday, April 28th. Access all areas. Robert Grace's very first track, Fake Fine, went platinum in Ireland and spent five weeks at number one on the Irish homegrown chart. Now Cork fans have a chance to see Robert live when he comes to Cypress Avenue later this evening with tickets still available from cypressavenue.ie. Access all areas. You can contact us here at Access All Areas if you have a show, play or exhibition coming up or any live streaming events by emailing us on aaa at 96fm.ie. Access all areas. Your guide to nightlife on Side. On Cork's 96FM. Still tons of stuff coming in about names. <laughs> um, this is Maria. Uh, Buenos uh, Maria. He's on to us from Spain. My grandmother's name was Telesflora. Or Telesfora. Isn't that a telephone? No, that's Telefonica. <laughs> Telesfora. I've never met anybody else with that name. Uh, very strange one. Not just in Spain, but the whole world. Yeah, I like that. Telesfora. No, not Telefonica. That's the phone company in Spain. 0818 96 96 96. We are remembering today our dear departed friend, Ezek. The man, Ezek. Ezekiel was his full name. Speaking of names, Ezekiel was his full name. Ezekiel Gray, born in Montego Bay, Jamaica, spent a lot of time in his youth in the UK, then went back to Jamaica, then came back to this part of the world, and he got some work here in Cork in South Coast Radio and ERI back in the 80s, and then he moved on to BBC for a few years, and he came back here, and he was on Cork's 96 FM in the 90s with a great show on a Saturday night. It was a fabulous show in the summertime. Think, when you listen to the next bit, right, think about a barbecue and some cold beer and a beautiful summer's evening, maybe even on a beach. And this raving lunatic is on the radio. I am the man. The man is Zeke Buyaka. Jam and all these on 96 FM. FM. Got my boogie shoes on. I've got my boogie shoes on. I've got my boogie shoes on. Have you got your boogie shoes on? Huh? 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 All right. <laughs> okay, I want to say a big yo to Carla. Hey, Carla and Sarah. How you doing? You want some Luther Van Vandross, don't you? I'm still searching for you. All right, baby. <laughs> but stay cool. I hope you're digging what I'm what I'm putting down. Hope you're digging the sounds I'm putting down for you, baby. Right on. Cork's home for Jam and Oldies. Jam and Oldies with the man of Zeke. On 96 FM. Uh, from the archives, and thanks to Fergal for digging that one up for us. The man is Zeke. We'll do another one of those for the end of the show. We He was just so much fun. Let me read you something. Once upon a time, there was a girl who sometimes pretended she was happy. She wanted to be happy all the time. But once in a while, she got sad. So sad, she couldn't imagine ever enjoying life again. She had people who loved her, a roof over her head, and food on the table. Everything she ever wanted. She wished she could make people understand that sometimes, some people's brains betray them. 
make them profoundly sad and anxious. Many people are fighting a hidden battle, even though they might look like they have it all together. Sharon, good morning. Hi, how are you? Thanks for having me on. That's your post. Yes. <laughs> powerful, wor- powerful words. Yeah, it's actually strange to hear it um, right back to me, actually. Um, it's one thing to write it, but I suppose when you hear someone else um, say it out loud, it, it sounds, yeah, it sounds a lot different. It, it, it kind of, I think it's very profound because it is your own experience, obviously, and your own lived experience. Yeah. But I think for someone who doesn't, and I, I cross my heart, and thank God Almighty, thank goodness I don't ever suffer this way. Yeah. To think that that's going on inside your head and you have, like you say, a roof over your head, people who love you, food on the table, everything mm-hmm. you need. Maybe, Sharon, take it up there. Yeah, so I suppose there, there's, you know, when it comes to um, depression and anxiety, I think there's two easy ways um, maybe that would help people understand that have never experienced it before what it feels like. So when it comes to depression, um, I, I would say think of the saddest moment of your life to date and imagine that's how I would feel every minute of every hour of every day during um, an episode of uh, deep depression. And then when it comes to anxiety, you will be thinking of the moment in your life where you were absolutely petrified and that's how you feel every minute of every moment of every day. Now, I'm in a scenario where I have a child with additional needs um, and let's say throughout his life, um, I would have had moments of deep depression um, and especially, I suppose, high anxiety. And unfortunately, last September, during a routine operation, um, Noah would have nearly died. Um, and look, it, it was just one of these things that, I suppose, when you sign those papers um, for an operation that you don't read the, the, the hidden print as such, and these things can happen. And it happened. And while, I suppose, the last you know, a couple of years, I would have had that depression, anxiety relatively under control. Um, This would have set me into a position where I haven't felt in a a good few years. So last week, um, unfortunately, I had just one of those episodes where I felt that um, the world was on my shoulders and I was profoundly, I suppose the way I would say it, profoundly sad um said every minute of every day and just you know it's i think the biggest barrier the biggest um hurdle for anyone suffering with depression or anxiety is um ignorance and because outwardly i look great um i'm doing going about my daily life i'm meeting people i'm saying hello you know whatever it is like i went to the patrick's day parade mm. it's very hard for someone to understand then how 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 does she mean she said you know or, or how does she mean she's struggling and the way you know i i would often say it would be easier for me to break my two legs because i could you could look at me and say god poor old sharon has broke her two legs Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I feel really sorry for her. Things must be really hard at the moment. Whereas you, you can't do that with your brain. You know, it's, it's, it's very hard. Can yeah. I ask you, Sharon? Yeah. Again, you're, 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 I compliment you on your powers of description. They're, they're Thank exceptional. You. 
you talk about being at the St. Patrick's Day Parade, surrounded by happiness, and yet yeah. inside, if I pick you up correctly, deeply, deeply sad and yeah. very frightened at the same time. Now, yeah. may I ask, I don't want to ask too personal question. why do you then put on the mask and go out? Why don't you treat this, and it is an illness, like you would treat an illness? Why do you... Is it that, why yeah. do that? Because I suppose you're conditioned, um, PJ, really, you know, with society and life in general that, you know, um, if you have everything relatively together, you know, let's say, for example, when what happened, Noah, last, last year happened, for those immediate few, you know, few weeks until we knew everything was okay and we were home and safe, you know, people understood why I would be upset. Um, and it was easy to explain it, and it was easy, you know, to to say, right, okay, I'm not feeling great today. But when everything is 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 looks okay from, from the outside, you you, I feel as a person. Now I can't speak for everyone, but I feel that I should be portraying that I am everything is okay, and I am happy, and you know, life is good. But you know, I'm on medication. I, I'm and I have been for for years and years. But like that, that's only treating, I suppose. You know, the real, um, um, you know, the main. I suppose they say they say you're out of ten. Let's say so. It's treating it up to level six. Sure. But after that, you're always going to have periods of sadness and mm. um, you know down the dumps. So, uh, like I feel, I suppose from a societal point of view, that I I have to portray that I'm doing okay. Um, and maybe, you know, that's the barrier with a lot of people with mental illness. Maybe we need to be more vocal mm. and say, you know, you know, lads, I am actually feeling like SHIT today. You know, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I need I need support and I need yeah. to talk to someone. Yeah. Um and it takes but it takes a lot of courage to get to that point. It absolutely does. Um yeah. My my great and long departed friend, unfortunately, John McCarthy, uh, as we used to call him with love, Mad John. Uh, mm-hmm. jo- John always said that, you know, your depression, and let's call it that, let's give it a name. Yeah. Your depression needs to be as normal. And he knew, um, because of our friendship, he knew I suffer occasionally with my back. And, and, and he, he would say, PJ, it needs to be as normal for you to come into work and say, my back is killing me today, lads. Yeah. It needs to be as normal for Sharon to walk in and say, lads, I'm really in a bad place today, just leave me alone. I'll be grand, yeah. just leave me alone. Yeah, 100%. Like, I take, I take, um, you know, a lot of people would have an issue saying that they take medication for depression, anxiety. The way I look at it is, is that I would take antibiotics for the yeah. chest infection. Yeah. And I would tell everyone that I'm taking antibiotics for a chest infection. These are antibiotics for my brain. And I am taking them. And there's no, there should be absolutely no shame in that. Because if I wasn't taking them, God knows where I'd be. Or would I even be here? You know, so I had to take them to save my life. And, you know, just like anyone would take any medication for any illness to save their life, essentially. So it's the same, exact same thing. Absolutely. But for some, for some reason, there's an issue with saying that. Yeah. Um, and I, and I wish that didn't exist because it must be so. Yeah. You, yeah, I, as I said, the, the, the aforementioned back problem. I, I yeah. take meds for that every morning to keep yeah. it to keep it under control. It should be as normal for you to say, "I take meds for my mind, for yeah. my brain." Yeah, hundred percent. And, and sadly, we we live in a world where where it isn't. It isn't. Yeah. Yes. Do, do you know again? 
looking for insight into in, into it. Do you know, Sharon, when an episode is coming? Um, I would be very. I I would be one of these um, people that I think it would it would very much um, depend on what is happening around me. So I would be greatly affected by what would be going on. So, for example, now, um, like if Noah had an upcoming operation now, um, my anxiety would start to build and I, I would know that I'm getting into a position where, right, OK, am I actually going to lose the plot now in the next week or so because I can't cope with the fear of what could happen. Um, so usually I would kind of know, um, I would be able to manage it better, let's say, with knowing what's coming up in the future. But over the last couple of months, I think because of, of the incident of what occurred with Noah, it's been a bit um, less controllable. So, you know, depending on what, like like I went on, we went on holidays a couple of weeks ago just to kind of, I suppose, celebrate life and all the rest of it. And I really thought, oh, I'll come home now and I'll be brilliant and I'll be fantastic and life will be great and I'd relax and everything. And the next thing, no, it just came out of the blue and I just couldn't cope with everything going on around me at all at all yeah. um, so you know sometimes you get warning and other times it's just something unfortunately you nearly have to go through um, and like I would have developed tools over the last couple of years that I would be better able to address it um, than maybe what I was 10 years ago but I know not everyone is in that position and it can be so terribly frightening and terribly lonely mm. um, you know and, and so. when, when it does hit you um, mm-hmm. what like okay we all have a friend who might have that yeah uh, if a friend turns to you and and has the bravery to say yeah. listen I'm in a bad place I'm in a dark place what can we do do we just say that's okay I've got your back or what? I think listen listen it's listen 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 and listen again um, you know the last thing I would want someone to say to me is Asher, come on now, you know, come on now, we'll go out now and, you know, we'll, we'll, I don't know, we'll do this and we'll do that. Sometimes, literally all you want is someone is to listen. You know, you don't want even a solution even. And, you know, if I was to say, you know, if somebody now was like, I mean, was really, really down, the first thing I'd be saying to them is ring the GP. Ring, ring your GP. Um, did you talk to your GP? Um, or have you, have you tried counselling? Um, counselling is obviously huge as well, but I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be dismissing anything they're saying by, you know, saying, ah, but sure, like you went on holidays three weeks ago, so how I thought you'd be, you know, yeah. that, do, God, please don't do that yeah. because you know it, it's just, it's incredible, it can be incredibly lonely. Yeah. Mike Michael, um, who's had his yeah. own issues, has tweeted the show. He says things you should not say. What have you yeah. to be depressed about? Yeah, it could be worse. Oh, Nano. Yeah. Think positive. Get some exercise. And the other one, which is probably said coming from a place of kindness, mm-hmm. but at the time is the last thing you want to hear. Ah, you'll be grand. Yeah. yeah. You know you will. Yeah. You don't need me and to tell you. But, exactly. but right now, you're not grand. Exactly. And as I said, bring it back to bring it back to basics. Bring it back to you think yourself. How we know I was feeling the saddest in my life, whether it was um, whether it was a loss of someone or whatever it was, think about, imagine someone coming to you at that moment in your life saying, I think positive now, you'll be grand. Yeah. That's how someone who is depressed is feeling all the time. 
yeah. You know, and the same with anxiety. The time you were the most scared in your life, that's how someone is feeling with anxiety okay. all the time. The, you know, so that, that you know, clutch in your chest. Yeah, you live yeah. with that all the time during an attack. You, exactly. Right. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Carla wants to know: Are you aware of aware? Do you know about aware? Oh, I do. Yeah. yeah they yeah, do great yeah. counselling sessions. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and there is there's Pieta House, you know, there's you know there's fantastic organisations out there that can help. Um, I mean, I like I have a fantastic GP that I know that I can go to at any stage, um, and I have fantastic support at home. I know I'm luckier than most um, because I'm in a position where I'm able to voice my my feelings now. But I know not everyone feels that way, so please don't ever feel alone. Okay. There is always someone to listen. All right. Sharon, great speaking to you. Thank and, and you so much, PJ. Thanks. Uh, and thank you. Thank you, uh, Sharon Myers. Food for thought, if ever we heard it today. If you need help, you can try AWARE. They are at one eight hundred eighty forty seven forty seven. They have an email, support mail, all one word, at aware.ie. Talk to your GP, talk to a friend, talk to somebody. And in an emergency, call 999-112 or go to the emergency department. Ashling. Hi, TJ. How are you? Hi. Lovely name your daughter has. Freya. Yes, Freya. Yeah, so it's um, it's a Nordic name. Um, but the reason she was called Freya was when... I went in to have her. We had a gender scan done a good couple of weeks prior and we were actually told that we were having a boy. <laughs> so I went in with boys' names and a hospital bag of boys' clothes <laughs> and the boy came out to be a little girl and I was like, this is my reason for being on um, Earth. I, and I, I was shocked. I was like, oh, Jesus. So there was um, a little bit of panic regards names and all of that because obviously we had a boy's name picked and we ended up calling her Freya, nice. um, which by Google um, is the meaning for the northern goddess of love and fertility. And I had Freya through fertility ah. uh, treatment. Yeah, so it was a bit of a win win type of thing and she's a legend she's brilliant she's just she's crazy she's mad but she has the kindest kindest soul well, that's that that's a heck of a story that's brilliant yeah, Ashley. Yeah. so that, there you go some, now we're getting some great name stories thank you Ashling, for that and our best to Freya who's eight now wonder what boy's name she would have been but she wasn't she, the, the goddess of love and fertility Thanks, Ashling. 0818 96 96 96. There's more name stuff in, plenty more, uh, and I'll get to them and, and loads more. My, my boy is called Conan, my daughter is called Danon. Old Celtic names. And that's from Adele. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With the Cork City Marathon. Take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team. Register at CorkCityMarathon.ie The lines are live. And we're ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 0818-969696. Text or WhatsApp 083-396-9696. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. On Cork's 96FM. Oh, a lot of love in the room for Sharon. 
lot of love in the room and on the phone for Sharon. Uh, just before I go to that, the number for aware, just I've been made aware, as it were, that that number has changed. It's 1 800 80 48 48. 1 800 80 48 48. Uh, it's great listening to Sharon. I understand exactly what she's talking about. Having to maintain this fake image of being happy when you're dying inside. Thanks, PJ, for highlighting this. It must be it must be made acceptable that mental health is as important as physical health. Thank you. It's great hearing that woman brave enough to come on the air. I feel very lonely myself in a big crowd. And the caller says simply that Sharon is amazing. And I, I, I was really impressed with her ability to put into words how she feels when she's not in a good place. And that is a powerful communications skill. Uh, and you'd be amazed, actually, how many people who've struggled with their mental health over the years have these remarkable powers of communication when things are good. But they fear coming out to talk about it. So well done to Sharon. 0818 96 96 96. Also, hello, Roy. Our old pal of mine, Roy Scully, DJ Roy. Roy worked here at 96FM uh, a number of years ago, quite a number of years ago, and very upset to hear about the death of the man Zeke. He remembers him from when he used to come on air after him at 96, and he was a great character. He was uh, and great fun. He was all of that, Roy. It was all of that. Uh, thanks for that message, my friend. Yeah, I used to be like Sharon at times. One word, and it's just horrible. As you develop a way of hiding from others. Well done for speaking out. There's just so much support for her. And I hope, Sharon, I know it was difficult to, to talk to us like that. You did so, so well. And I hope that uh, those messages coming in give you great, great solace and uh, make you really happy. On the America's Cup, Kev says this event is a no-brainer. The infrastructure is a permanent fixture. The English market, for goodness sake, is still living off a royal visit. There's zero downside to this. And also on the phone, can you imagine watching this in Cork? The colour, the excitement, the people. You couldn't buy the tourism and the advertising. And you also have such great vantage points across the harbour. It would be absolutely amazing. All of that. All of that. America's Cup, bring it on, I say. I, no, if anyone's got an objection, if anyone doesn't see a good reason to have the America's Cup, then I'd like to hear it. We'll chat about it. I won't fight with you. I, I am very much on the side of bringing it here. But if there's a, an argument to be made against it, then then do let me know at 0818-969696. Now, today is Purple Day. Uh, well, it's actually on Saturday is, is, is Purple Day, but we're marking it today. It is the flagship fundraising day for Epilepsy Ireland. And epilepsy affects thousands of people around the country, some in a small way, and some, unfortunately, it dominates their life. And it really is problematic within their life. Julia Duff, good morning to you. Hi, how are you? Good. That that's accurate, isn't it? It it, it is. Many many people live with with epilepsy. For some, it's just it's there, and they need to keep an eye to it. And for others, it's a huge problem. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I've got the type where I've lots of different types of seizures. 
Right. Um, I'm very lucky in that my neurologist um, has been able to find a way to completely control mine, but I've definitely met people over the years who aren't well controlled and it does dominate their life and it impacts their life in such a way that they can't do very basic things. Um, So, yeah, I'm really lucky in that regard. What's what's your own story? When did when did you when, when did it break through? When did it develop? Or did, were you born with it? No, I wasn't born with it. So um, I was 15 when I had my first seizure. I'm 33 now. So that's 18 years, I think. Okay. Um, so it took a few years. I think about two years to be fully diagnosed with epilepsy because um, most people can have seizures in their lifetime and it not be epilepsy. That's right. Um, so, yeah, it was two years of just uncontrolled seizures. Um, it was like, it was really awful. Um, it was awful not only for me, but for my poor mother. Um, and I remember reading this great book at the time that I would recommend to a family member who's dealing with a newly diagnosed um, epileptic. It's not about epilepsy, but it's called Brain on Fire. And it's about a woman who doesn't know what's happening to her brain. Um, she's experiencing very similar symptoms to epilepsy. And it's just the... Um, inner dialogue that goes on with someone who's experiencing these quite scary symptoms. Yeah. Now, it is uh, uh, what's classed as eligible for the long-term illness card. So so all of your meds and stuff are all covered. We, that That's one good thing. But the work of Epilepsy Ireland needs to be supported, and that's what Purple Day is about. Yeah. So um, I am lucky in that my medication is all free. It's through the long-term illness. It's going to be I'm going to be on it for life. Um, but there's lots of uh, study, studies that need to be done on the effects of medication. Um, um, luckily, this uh, was it this year or maybe last year that um, it was found that sodium valparate has yeah, great impact on um, women of childbearing age and how it can impact the fetal development. Yeah. So we need to do lots of... Epilepsy Ireland are great in funding the research and there needs to be a lot because this... Um, medication is really strong it's for your brain it can impact lots of different functions of the body so it needs to have lots of research yeah yeah it's an international campaign as well uh, isn't it the, the purple day it's a canadian woman who founded it yeah i actually don't know about the origins of it but i just know that each year um it highlights um the the fundraising and the uh, research that needs to be brought about for epilepsy and it's great because I I meet people in my life, as a, as a woman in her 30s, I have no qualms about telling um, people that I have epilepsy when I meet them mm. um, but uh, it brings awareness to people who don't know much about it and whenever I meet someone who doesn't know anything about it, they've usually heard the old wise tales of like, oh put a spoon in someone's mouth um, yeah. you know, hold them down um, and I try and dispel those, but they're quite um, impervious. They've like penetrated people's minds oh, yeah. through the years. They're, so, they're, they're there since times, I think, when we didn't know what it was. Um, yeah, definitely. So I try and tell people, uh, don't put anything in my mouth, because if you do, I'll be sending you my dental bill, um, because you'll really hurt me, yeah. and holding me down is counterproductive. So... Um, Epilepsy Ireland have a great uh, slogan, it's time, uh, safe and stay. So to time the seizure, anything over five minutes needs an ambulance call. 
um, safe. Don't hold someone down, but if they're having a full-blown seizure, move their head, move objects near their head or anything away that they might hurt themselves on. Yeah. And then stay, because um, my own experience anyway is that after a seizure, I'm unconscious for, I don't know, 12 hours minimum. Really? And when I do come about, I, it feels like I've had like a total body workout. My body is in so much pain. So I need someone to stay with me and make sure that I'm okay when I come around. Yeah. You know? I don't want to get too personal with you, but like if you had a seizure, then do you need to be put to bed? Yeah, oh, definitely. Um, put to bed, I have a big headache. It's really bad. It feels like all of your muscles have contracted, so you're in a lot of pain, almost like you've had a massive session at the gym. And um, I just need to be uh, in bed and broad cups of tea. <laughs> and it's like, um, I'll come ra- I'll come round, yeah. but it's a slow process, definitely. And how, and how long are you seizure-free now? Four years. Oh, that's brilliant. So, um, I'm just learning how to drive. I know I was eligible to learn how to drive from uh, after a year of seizure-free, but uh, being in my 30s, I know I'm a late starter, so it's kind of um, daunting. <laughs> yeah. One fear, because I know a lot of youngsters uh, who have epilepsy, because for some reason that science is struggling to explain, it, it tends to go alongside autism in a lot of cases. And... The fear that a lot of families have is that if you get a breakthrough seizure after a couple of years, it can be really hard to bring them back under control. Yeah, so actually that did happen. I don't know about the autism. I actually haven't heard about that. Yeah, just just, just an observation, yeah. Um, so what happened to me when I was diagnosed at 17, um, I was put on one sort of medication and as with, all medications, I believe, my body started to build up a resistance and it became less effective. So I had to be um, trialed on different medications to see which one worked. And uh, I was having breakthrough seizures. Um, It was really distressing because on the first medication I'd gotten my life in order and I was able to manage everything and epilepsy was just kind of running in the background. But whenever it broke, whenever I had breakthrough seizures, um, it really like turned your life upside down and it took, I think, three different trials of medications to get me on the one that I am on currently. Yeah. Um, so that's not, like I, I like to emphasize that it's not only hard for the epileptic, but for the family of and friends, the person, it's very distressing to, to watch. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Well, look, I wish you well with Purple Day and everybody at Epilepsy Ireland. All the details are on epilepsy.ie. That's their website. Julia, thank you. Julia Duff uh, suffers from epilepsy, but four years seizure-free. And there's many people like her, but some people really struggle to try and bring it under control. But, yeah, uh, um, safe and stay. Keep the person safe and stay with them. And if the seizure hasn't subsided after five minutes, call an ambulance. That's very good advice. 0818 96 96 96. Uh, Sharon, is the, Sharon is the hit of the day. Sharon is the star of the day. What a breath of fresh air Sharon is. It was a powerful interview. And thanks for sharing your story, Sharon. That's from Jan. Sharon is amazing. It's like she was describing me and honestly, it's given me a lift knowing that I'm not alone. That's great. That's really great. Could we mention 
the Hardy boys, Colin and PJ, it's their last day at work. You don't say where, which is a pity, but they're mentioned. Consider it, consider it done. 0818 96 96 96. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With the Cork City Marathon. Take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team. Register at CorkCityMarathon.ie Oldies and Irish on Cork's 96FM is the big Sunday show on your radio. Turn it up and take it easy with the best music mix for your Sunday morning. Welcome along to the programme. Lovely to be with you on a Sunday morning. Oldies and Irish with Derry O'Callaghan. Sundays, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. With Hidden Hearing, tuning you in so you don't miss a thing. And we've been doing it for over 30 years. Hiddenhearing.ie Courts 96 FM Reminding you, of course, this is the last week to qualify for your chance to go to see the biggest fight of all time in women's boxing. Katie Taylor versus Amanda Serrano for the lightweight world title. It's at Madison Square Garden, and we want to send you. You need to be listening at 8.15 this morning, then 2.15 this afternoon, and 5.15 to hear our knockout hits. When you've all three, then you text a WhatsApp, Lorraine on the big drive home, for your chance to qualify. And one person goes through every day to the draw to win the flights, the accommodation, the spending money, and the tickets to see Taylor versus Serrano on April 30th in New York in Madison Square Garden. It's all with Noel DC Cars Blackpool. Put your trust in their award-winning after-sales team with a Skoda service at noeldc.com only on Cork's 96FM. Can I just mention quickly, the Affidea MRI Centre, the crew down there, um, I didn't know this until yesterday, but when you go into an MRI, uh, they give you headphones and you have a number of different things to listen to. And you can listen to the radio or you can listen to the music or whatever. And um, they play us, they play the opinion line and they play 96FM into the headphones inside in the MRI. Like if you wouldn't be stressed out enough going into an MRI machine, you've got to listen to me. But to the crew at Effadea, I didn't get your names, but to the crew at Effadea uh, who play us in the MRI machine. <laughs> We've been playing in better places, strange places, but thank God. 0818 96 96 96. Now it's a month today since the start of the war in Ukraine. And there are sanctions upon sanctions upon sanctions against Russia and there'll be more sanctions over the next few days to try to get Vladimir Putin to just stop and back off and let the people of Ukraine alone and Russia are being sanctioned all over the world. But would you believe it or not, they're still sending cosmonauts to space, despite it all, which costs a hell of a lot of money, because the Russians have it. But they're still sending cosmonauts into space. That and a few more stories to discuss with space journalist Leo Enright. Leo, good morning. Good morning, PJ. That's an amazing one. I read that the other day and I said, what? In the middle of a war, they're still sending people into space? Yeah, and it's, it is really very interesting because they're also working very closely with the Europeans and the Americans when they're up there because everybody is living together in one tin can called the International Space Station. 
Uh, and as we speak, there are Europeans, Americans and Russians working quite happily together. It's uh, the one place offered <laughs> where uh, they're working in harmony. Isn't that incredible? Yeah, I, I thought it was quite interesting. Uh, there are tensions, uh, particularly here in Europe. I, I, the European position is much harder, I detect, than, for instance, the Americans. Uh, I was at a briefing uh, last evening with the American, the head of the American Space Agency, uh, Bill Nelson. He's a, he's a former uh, American senator, big high-flying guy. And um, he was asked, one of my colleagues asked him, hey, what's this about, uh, you know, uh, working with the Russians uh, when they're, you know, blowing up people in Ukraine? And uh, he, he, he pushed back quite strongly, PJ. I, I was surprised. Mm. He said, look, he said, you know, we're working with them and we're going to continue working with them. Because you would think with everything coming out of Russia being sanctioned in some shape or form, that the Americans might have said, or someone else might have said, actually, they're not welcome on the space station, but they didn't. Yeah, well, of course, the Americans do understand, and Nelson, who actually went into space himself, is an interesting guy. Um, Nelson understands that they need the Russians. Yeah. The space station simply cannot stay up there uh, without the help of the Russians, because uh, they have the technology, and uh, we, the Europeans and the Americans, need them. Yeah, yeah. Now, moving on to one or two other things. A most fascinating man, if you were to write down a list of the top five most fascinating scientists of our time, or any time, the name of Stephen Hawking would be on that list quite easily. One of the questions he posed to science, do we have it solved? Oh, that's... Uh, the black yep. hole. Oh, the black holes, yes, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, Stephen, Stephen certainly had some very novel and exciting ideas about black holes, but he didn't invent them. Yeah. Uh, to be fair, you know, this, uh, this idea has been around for quite a long time. And um, it, it, was, uh, it was actually a French priest uh, who originally came up with the idea. A priest? But, um, a, a priest, indeed. Yes, a rather brilliant French uh, astronomer priest. Um, there, there's a queer number of priests who are astronomers. It's uh, it's always been a, a bit of a sideline in suppose, the church. I, I suppose they spend their time looking to the sky. You might say, <laughs> indeed. Yeah, but, but what was it's like he did, like that? They're a naturally occurring phenomenon. Oh, certainly, yes. I, I mean, and they're everywhere. Uh, the it's quite interesting that uh, the for instance, we we now know and we have known for a while. Uh, that there's a large black hole at the centre of our own galaxy. Um, now, that's not as scary as it sounds, because, in fact, it turns out that there are black holes at the centres of most galaxies. Um, so they're, they're pretty ubiquitous. There are even black holes floating, you know, aimlessly uh, through the void of space. Um, we're beginning now to see evidence for these by looking at stars. Uh, and when the stars suddenly uh, go w weirdly wobbly, um, it's the light from the star being bent by an invisible black hole yeah. passing between us and that star. Because there was this belief, wasn't there, that if anything goes into a black hole, like a big hoover in the sky, if anything goes into a black hole, it never comes out. Do we? Is that true? 
Well, that, that in fact is precisely, PJ, what uh, Hawking, Stephen Hawking, That's was right. addressing. Um, this is what's called Hawking radiation. Uh, Hawking was able to demonstrate to everybody's surprise uh, that, in fact, some things do get out. Um, it, it's rather complicated. I won't pretend to understand it, uh, not with my leaving cert uh, uh, science um, qualifications. But uh, basically, Hawking was able to demonstrate uh, that some information, scientists call it information, it's just stuff that can get out from a black hole. Uh, and that could be useful when we start in the distant future uh, exploring the possibility of using them for for our own nefarious purposes. Yeah, because there was... Are they the gateway to another galaxy? Exactly, yes. So the the wor- wormhole, like Star Trek-based whole episodes on wormholes. And I kind of say, is that their version of a black hole for television? <laughs> we've, never, we've, ever, we've never ventured... Has anyone ever thought of sending, or is, are they too far away, sending something into a black hole to see what would happen? Well, that, I mean, that is one of the things uh, that opens up as a possibility with Hawking radiation. Um, the problem is that the kind of energies that you need uh, to uh, exploit these black holes, as, as you were describing, wormholes, um, the sort of energies that you need, uh, you would need more energy than is created by the, uh, by the sun, uh, you know, just to do this sort of stuff. And uh, we're a long way from having that kind of energy. So we have, I have trouble heating the house. Yeah, and, and and you know what? Speaking of energy, one last one. I read a fascinating thing recently where they they reckon that waste material could be could be turned into carbon fiber, and they're using science technology to do it. It's fascinating. Leo, always great to chat. All right, my pleasure, Peter. Take care, good man. The great Leo Enright, uh, space correspondent par excellence. The Russians still going to still going now. There's the answer. You see. You couldn't just turn around and say, sorry, you're not welcome. You know, you get out of Ukraine before you get into the space station. It can't work like that. Because the space station couldn't work without the Russians. But they're up there and they're chatting and they're getting on and maybe having an old bottle of beer at night when they discuss the, the comings and goings of the world. Maybe that'd be the place to get peace talks underway. What politician is going to look for that junket and claim that mileage? 0818 96 96 96. Yeah. All right, that's our last play of that for you now, all right? What is that song? David Gray song. 0818. Sorry, 083 396 96 96. The name of the song and your name. Tickets to see David Gray on the 18th of June, thanks to MCD. Up for grabs. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With the Cork City Marathon. Take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team. Register at CorkCityMarathon.ie. Cork's 96FM. A bunch of stuff held over on names. We started with stuff in Fiona having a, an old chin wag earlier on this morning about how people might regret their baby names and about how Kylie Jenner has changed the name. It's not for baby's name. It's not called Wolf anymore, as if we actually care. But anyhow, it's brought in a slew of responses. My name is Tammy. Doctor named me after the song Tammy, as it was on at the time I was born. As I was growing up in the 80s, people couldn't even pronounce it. I got called Tommy, Timmy. 
you name it. My full name, by the way, is Tammy Noel Ellen Bernadette Hopkins. You are. You are. Okay. <laughs> I named my son Elijah. A lot of people shorten it to Eli. When he was born, some people thought I got it from the Bible, but in fact I stole it from a fictional character in the original Vampire Diaries. I named my youngest daughter Cecilia, the patron saint of music, and I'm waiting for her complaints because nearly everyone who meets her starts singing. Yeah. Hey, PJ, my boy is Conan. My daughter is Danan. Yeah, I had that before. Adele. I'm British, married an Irishman. My son's name is Tig after his granddad. Here is fine, but in the UK they call him Tig or Taj or Ty. And when you write it down, no one gets it. And my daughter is Ava Robin because I wanted to call her after my nana, but I couldn't call her Winifred. <laughs> so my dad loved Robins. So why couldn't you call her Winifred? Although she'd end up with Winnie then, and she'd hate you. My son's called Kyle, but spelt with two L's. My dad died very suddenly a year before Kyle was born. I wanted my son to carry on the name, but wanted to give him his own identity. My dad was Ray Kelly, so we named our son Kyle. It's an anagram of Kelly. I like that. I thought for a, I thought for a second you were after calling him Kyle Kelly. No, I got that name wrong. Okay, oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Speaking of names, and we had uh, Mark on the phone on Monday, but we were very tight for time, so I wanted to come back to him, uh, handing over the check from the Cork's Got Talent final to Down Syndrome Cork today, Mark O'Sullivan, otherwise known, seeing as the discussion uh, is about names this morning, otherwise known and universally known as Fanta. Before I get to the check, Mark, where'd that happen? How'd that come about? Morning. Uh, I have that with a long time. I had that nickname since I was young. I started entertaining crowd when I was young, so I suppose they gave me a nickname, MC Fanta, so it kind of stuck, PJ. <laughs> so I must, but I must say, PJ, before you start... I thought you did an unbelievable job yourself as MC at the Cock Pride Awards. You, you, the way you spoke and the heart and passion, you're definitely the second best MC in Cork. Ah, nice one. Ah, nice one. <laughs> yeah, 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 and of course, you are universally... There's people around East Cork who don't know your name. They just call you Fanta. So yes, that, that's everybody how that's Fanta, that's correct. Give me a quick history of the Cork's Got Talent. It's, it's around a while now. Yeah, look, six years ago, we started off East Cork Talent Show. And um, and I I had I I, used to, I met a couple of lads with Down syndrome and they were great kids and I said I give the first year to them and I suppose the talent show went on for four years and the winner the, the first winner of the talent show was RDC and they went on to win Al's Got Talent under yes. Billy Jean yes. and my own daughter was involved in that but then we moved it to Cox Got Talent because the talent PJ in Cox is oh, is absolutely unbelievable it's extraordinary. and it gets, it's extraordinary yeah. It gets, it is, yeah. PJ give people a chance to, to show what they can do who never got a chance. So for this year's one, we had 108 acts, would you believe it? And the judges brought it down to 13. And I suppose I will say one thing, the winner of Costco Talent this year, if I, I think myself, if anybody's looking at the video, she could win Britain's Got Talent. And there's no exaggerating in that. She was unbelievable. Who was it, Mark? Apalili, her name is. She's um, from. She's living in Malino at the moment, and her family. She had an aunt involved in Buckfizz, 1980. Oh, really? 
So you could see, yes, for making a mind up, so you could see it. But I suppose, look, we had a third place, Rebecca O'Reilly from the city. We had Kerry Hercules from Castlemarter, that was second. And we had the winner, Apolili, which, look, the judges are, they, they do an unbelievable job. I don't know how they picked this, but nice. I think, the, but the biggest winners, PJ, I suppose, look, not taken away from the unbelievable acts, but the biggest winners were Down Syndrome Cock because um, I two co-hosts with me, with Down's, um, Mike Clifford and Edward Stack and the column Anton Dick they, they were just unbelievable like. brilliant 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 you sold now it's not an easy place to sell out you sold out the Radisson Hotel yeah we were we were sold out and we even had there was a couple the hotel came up to us with a couple of residents who wanted to go to the show from America everything who was staying over and we got them in and um, they just couldn't get over the show and um I suppose I'll have to thank GE Healthcare, the main sponsors where I work, and they were brilliant. And um, look, everybody all over Cork, there wasn't one person said no to me for a spot prize or, you know, and, and I suppose, look, there's an unbelievable amount of work goes into it, but only for my wife, Linda O'Sullivan, and Linda O'Doherty, her best friend, only for those two girls. The show couldn't go ahead. But I'm up in Down Syndrome Cock at the moment here now in the Field of Dreams. I just got a tour of Ray O'Callaghan, Managing Director, and it's fascinating. I just handed over a cheque of €13,160. Oh, man, that's absolutely fantastic. That's brilliant. Ray's with you, I think, is he? Ray's with me here. I'll put you on to me now. Okay, thank you. Cheers, Mark. Congratulations on, on that incredible work. Morning, Peter. How, how are you, Ray? How My God, that's, well? that, that, that is some success of a fundraiser. Oh, it is. And I mean, Mark is, Mark is such a huge uh, su- supporter of ours. Um, he, he's absolutely incredible. And I mean, I, I went to the night last Friday night and the energy, the backing, the, the, the people there, it was incredible. And I think what what Mark does is he includes our our kids with Down syndrome, our adults with with, with Down syndrome, and that's what what we are trying to actually do is actually um, uh, all our kids want is inclusiveness, uh, involvement, um, and I think Mark shows what 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 can be done, um, and and what we're trying to achieve in the field of dreams and Down syndrome Cork in 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 recent years, is that, um, and, and Mark is a true example of somebody who, who goes the extra mile. Absolutely incredible. Okay. Absolutely incredible. Indeed, indeed. Put me back on to him for one second. I forgot to ask him something. But Ray, sure. delighted, delighted, and congratulations on the work that you do and continued success with the work uh, that thanks, you do Peter. for very special people. Mark, one last one. When can people start entering for Cross Scott Talent 2023? Yes, PJ, we're going to go. We're going to go ahead again next year. The bigger and better is getting. And as I said, if there's anyone out there, listen to the winner. I'm telling you now, this girl could win. Britain's Got Talent. Well, I'm going to have to she listen to her this afternoon. She's incredible. Well, PJ, thank you so and I, much. And I want, to book, I want to book a seat to next year's final. Do you know what? We might even have you down as a judge. <laughs> we'll talk again. Congratulations on all you do. Yeah, and thank you so much for the fantastic job you did at the Cork Pride Award. Cheers, fella. And of course, uh, one of the Pride of Cork Award recipients himself was Mark Fanta O'Sullivan. That check for over 13 grand handed over today. Selling out the reticent. Like, it's got to be. And someone will ring up and tell me I'm wrong. That's fine. I think it's the biggest function room in all of Cork. In ter- when you push all those dividers back, it's enormous. And they sold it out.
for that final. Well done. 0818969696. My friend's name is Zandra. That's nice. That's a kind, I think anyway, is a shorter version of Alexandra. Zandra is nice. And my dad's nan died a few months before I was born. They wanted to call me Agnes after her, but they changed their mind. And then they wanted to call me Emma. And then I was, when I was born, my dad looked at me and I said I looked like a Sarah. So I'm a Sarah now. I wonder how does that... He looks like a so-and-so. Or she looks like a Mary. Or she look. How do you look like a, a, a something? I don't know. I don't know. You, I look... Yeah. Uh, I had another one there. Uh, someone hated their name. They were called Ethel when they were small. And hated it. And now they love it. Right. One last bit of, the, of this... We're paying tribute this morning by remembering our friend, the man Ezek, Ezek Gray, who died. He was 80, uh, died over the last few days in his home in Montego Bay in Jamaica, uh, surrounded by his family, his wife and two grown-up kids. But Ezek had a show here on 96FM in the 90s uh, called Jam and Oldies. And when you're on the air live... If a story comes in, if something's happening downtown, it's what we do as a radio station. We talk about what's happening out that big window down there. If we see something happening in the street, we talk about it. We tell you what's happening. If I saw something developing in Patrick Street, like a bus crash, or something, I tell you about it, what I can see from the window. Ezek did that too. But he did it in his own unique, special and wonderful way. One love to all the groovy people down there in Bandon, Bandon City. Yo, 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 Bandon, all the pretty people around Bandon, all right? Yeah. Hey, Betty Boo, yo, 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 yo to you. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know who. <laughs> yeah, all the pharmacies around. Mm-hmm. You know, when I was a little boy, I wanted to be a dispenser. I wanted to make medicine, I did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, I really did, I really did. Oh, there's a whole lot of... Uh, like, uh, is there a fire in the city, man? There's some fire engine lights flashing down on Patrick Street, heading up Patrick Street. There's a, what's happening downtown? <laughs> Woo! Let me go check what's happening here through the window. Yo, I'll be right back, baby. Welcome to the club. Mm-mm. Cork's home for jamming oldies. Jamming oldies with the man of Zeke. On 96 FM. Would you like to help us choose the music we play, by the way? Uh, you can do that and in the process maybe win a 100 euro Just Eat voucher for yourself and your pals. It's 10 minutes. It's an online survey. You become one of our music influencers here on Cork's 96 FM. The Cork's 96 FM music panel. If you choose the tunes we play, you could then win 100 quid on Just Eat. All you need to do is go to the website. 96fm.ie, you'll find the survey there or go through our Instagram or Facebook pages. Actually, I think, I don't know whether they're back up yet, but Facebook and Instagram were both down for a while this morning. Not sure if they're, if they're back up just yet. Uh, maybe someone can tell us that before we, before we finish for the day. Now, Chris Dorgan uh, joins me. There's a, a concert has been organised it's a fundraiser, is is it, uh, Chris, in aid of the Ukrainian refugees. Good morning to you. Good morning, PJ. Thank you a million for putting me on. I was, I was getting flashbacks there from the spin doctors from the 90s. I know, I know. You and me both, fella. Um, <laughs> the, the, this will be significant. This is the first concert, if I'm right, the first concert event in the City Hall since the closure of the vaccine centre. 
It is, PJ, and just to give the, the, the listeners a, a sense of, of background on this, normally, and I heard you talking earlier, and I thought it was very unfair to call you the second best uh, MC mm-hmm. in Cork. Mm-hmm. That was a bit cruel. Um, look, um, this was turned around in about three weeks' notice. Uh, to give you a small bit of background, um, I'm, among other things, working for City Council. Uh, I'm at the Irish Development Officer for Cork City Council. And for Shopton and Gaelga, uh, most years we put on different smaller events. Uh, but um, when I was organising this in the last week of February, uh, and the, the news about Ukraine broke, um, I went to uh, I went to John Spillane with a mad idea. I said, John, you've not normally helped me, and he has done stuff with the schools himself. And me, all and Hertig have done stuff for us in the libraries. So There's some great Irish language stuff done over the years. But I said, look, this this is this is too big and too important. Um, what about we do that kind of concert we've done in the past, but we try and get everybody together and we do it as a benefit for Ukraine. Nice. No, that was, you know as an MC that events that take place in City Hall, and you were talking with Radson earlier, uh, take uh, a, team, a team of hundreds and a year to organise. Yeah. Um, at the drop of a hat, everybody who was asked has said yes, and said yes free of charge almost immediately. So this concert, between inception and delivery, will be less than a month. Right. It's taking place on Thursday, and I hear you catching your bets as they hold you on this side, um, with great help from from John and all of the other people involved um, uh, and his team there. So just to give the, the listeners the, the, a big plug and an add-in, um, anybody involved in the, the traditional Irish music area will be familiar with names like Nelly Cronin, Karen Casey, um, Jimmy Crowley and John Spillane. Oh, um, but so no, no. Well, well, that's not the lineup. The lineup is also Minon the Beard, which is five female Illin Pipers. They call themselves men on the beam. So getting one on stage is, is, is unusual, but we have Maureen Negrada, uh, Rosalind O'Leary, Mary Mitchell Inglesby, Heather Clark, and Maureen Negrada. Honest. Now, equally important, and much more important, really, because this is what it's for, we have three Ukrainian musicians, one of whom has only come from Ukraine in the last week, oh, wow. and she'll be performing uh, uh, on the night. Um, and the, the house band is Kelly Allstairs, and... Theo Dorgan will also be speaking. He, he, he offered his, his services to it as well. So it's, it's on in it's on there because we're doing it at short notice. The tickets are available online uh, from the People's Republic of Cork. Again, other people who said what you need, Chris, straight away. Um, so the tickets are available online from them from Proc. So if you go to ah. Proc, Proc. Ie, uh, we're, we're the bane of each other's lives. Me and the Proc. Don't I know you probably are, <laughs> but you have that. You have, you have that kind of. Uh, mutual respect for each other even if you give each other a bit of a hard time all the that's time right, it's, that's it's, right it's that's fun right. in that too so, so look that, that, so that, the, that's the tickets the available through the Prox website through the Prox website because there won't be time to turn around and, and, and print tickets um, we, we we hope to be streaming it live as well and, and putting a donation link up to it as well oh that's a but brilliant depend- idea Chris let me know if you can make that happen because that's a fabulous idea the beneficiaries of this are the uh, Associations of Ukrainians in the Republic of Ireland. It's called AURI. And again, if people want to donate, they can go directly to uh, to their website, AURI.ie. Okay. All right. I, I wish you every success with it. If you need anything, and I mean anything, in the next week to make it all fall together, you give me a call, Chris. Well, look, Annie, well, what it might do is, uh, is have uh, Tetiana Buhera from, from Auri uh, get in contact with you as well, because I know I think you spoke to her already about this. She was one of the people that organised um, that convoy that went to Ukraine about two or three weeks ago. Okay. And she's Ukrainian who came to Ireland, as people do, and people should be able to within Europe, um, uh, with her job, and suddenly her skills became much more 
necessary and immediate and she's been very supportive of this and it's through her we'll be able to. So I do know that if you go to the OURI website um, and click on the... Um, I've got brain fog. With it's okay. It'll, it's fine. I, we'll, we'll, we'll work on it and we'll, we'll put yeah. it together. Cause what, I, 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 what I will do, maybe, if it's okay with you, is give you a catch-up next Monday um, or Tuesday. Let you know who's going to be only too delighted. Uh, be only too delighted, okay. Chris. We'll set that up. We'll, we'll set that up. Love to hear how, how it's going. Chris Dorgan, that event this night week, City Hall, uh, an evening of Irish and Ukrainian traditional music for the Ukraine relief effort, organised like that at short notice by the great people of the music business in Cork. You're listening to Highlights from the Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. Hear the full show on our app, by podcast, or on 96FM.ie. The number one selling product of its kind with over 20 years of research and innovation. Botox Cosmetic, Anabotulinum Toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com.